Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to break down the polling numbers. I I feel oogie doing it because nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense at all. Up is down, left is right. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Nobody knows what they're talking about. And I don't want you to get frustrated by any of the numbers I'm about to get into. All I want you to do is get bourbon. That's it. It's not that even I'm saying that these numbers are duplicitous. It's that I don't believe that the right questions are being asked, and I don't believe in many places we're getting the accurate representation. Tomorrow could prove it all wrong. Right? Exit polls I want to pay very close attention to. Um, When it comes to uh, this polling, let me give you some examples. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, 833-GOT-TONY is the number. 833-468-8669. That's where you get uh, with me, get with the show. That's where you get to be a part of all the cool things that are indeed going down. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's start. Where do you want to start? You want to start uh, Arizona? I'll start in Arizona. I'm happy to start in, in, in Arizona. The uh, the race for Senate there, you've got Kristen Sinema, the uh, Democrat. You have got Martha McSally, the Republican. Latest polling. Emerson polling, November 1st to November 3rd. 758 likely voters with a margin of error of 3.7. The Democrat, Kristen Sinema, 49. Martha McSally, 48. ABC 15 poll, November 2nd to November 3rd, 631 likely voters, so basically the same level of size, less than about 100 less, margin of error of four. The Democrat, Kirsten Cinema 48, Martha McSally, 49. So one poll for one weekend is Cinema plus one. One poll is McSally, uh, the Republican, plus one. And where are you? That is correct. That is correct. It's a tie, right? Except, of course, when you go to just the week before. Trafalgar putting out a poll with 2,166 likely voters. It's a lot of voters. That's a big poll. Margin of error, 2.1. Cinema, the Democrat, plus three. Interesting. Until you go to the NRF Harris poll which has 1,400 likely voters in the same basic time frame, which has McSally plus six. I'm sorry, what? It's one thing when it's plus one, minus one, so it's basically a tie. One's plus three, the other's plus six? That's a level of schizophrenia I can't work with, and and I don't know who else can. What other race is uh, interesting to you? How about how about the Florida? How about the Florida Senate race? That's an interesting race, right? Because you've got uh, Rick Scott, the current governor, running for Senate against Bill Nelson, the incumbent. The one of the last polls, St. Pete polls. They 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 seem to poll a lot of people. Three thousand eighty-eight likely voters. Margin of error of one point eight. Nelson, 50, Scott, 46. 
just a couple days earlier, 1,400 likely voters, Scott 48, Nelson 45. So I've got Nelson up or I've got Scott up, depending. Depending on who you want. And then I've got a Quinnipiac poll that has Nelson up by seven. By the way, if Democrats take both the Senate and the governor's mansion in Florida, that's 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 a pretty big win. Because, they, I mean, they already have the Senate seat, so they're talking about holding on to it. Um, and if they can keep, and if they can get the governor's mansion, as a, you, you can't deny that. Don't deny political realities. That's a, that's a pretty uh, big uh, win. Uh, let's take it to Montana, shall we? The John Tester Matt Rosendale race. The John Tester Matt Rosendale race. This race has had Tester the Democrat up eight, then up two, then up nine, then up three. Pick one. And with all of this, Republicans are still putting money and time into Montana. The vice president is there with Lindsey Graham. They are still putting their serious levels of effort into into this race. Take New Jersey. New Jersey has been just flat out strange because it's a state where Menendez, the incumbent Democrat, has been having massive problems. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, put $3 million into a race in blue New Jersey. Well, the latest polling... Has Menendez up 15? Why is Chuck Schumer putting any money into a race where the candidate is up 15? Why is this? What's happening here? I mean, they've got Menendez now at 55%. That shouldn't shouldn't take any of your money or your time, Democrats, yet, yet it is. And leads to these conversations of I don't know what people are thinking and I cannot follow what it is, the the, the mathematics they're doing. These races seem ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And this polling seems out of control crazed. Here's the governor's race in Florida, for example. The latest one has the Democrat uh, Andrew Gillum up five. Last week, he was only up three. The week before that, he was up one. And it was in that one and twos, and now we're into the fives. People finally made their decision. The Democrat uh, Democrats have, have, have come out uh, aggressively. They weren't coming out aggressively just two weeks prior. I'm sorry. The whole thing to me is, is, is a hodgepodge. I have said from the, from the very beginning that I saw the House is leaning left. The Senate, I think, stays in Republican hands. The House, I believe, is leaning to the Democrats. And then I was push. Now I'm going to give my predictions on all of this tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to uh, go down and give all my predictions uh, tomorrow on what I think is going to happen uh, on a, on a national level. I'm going to get into some of the uh, specific races uh, for sure. And remember, when I give a prediction, uh, it's not an endorsement. It is where I think things are going to go. My problem is that I learned from the 2012 election not to trust any one poll. I learned from the 2016 election that the polls are sometimes purposefully wrong. You know what I'm learning from 2018? We forgot how to properly poll people. I should, you know, wrong use of the word. We haven't forgotten. It's changed. 
The voter has changed. And we do not, and people do not, appreciate answering a question that would put them in a monolithic block. They want to be independent thinkers. The pollsters need to start coming up with some more granular type questions in order to move people. Some things haven't changed. The president is in three places today. He's in Ohio, where you've got the governor's race of Mike DeWine going up against Richard Cordray. The Democrat is ahead right now, uh, based on uh, the polling, by about five points. But they still must think that there's some value there because they're going. Do we think it's for the Senate race, where Sherrod Brown, the incumbent, is up by basically seven to nine points? It's got to be for that governor's race. Otherwise, why are you going to Cleveland, Ohio? Then the president is coming to my beloved Indiana. He'll be in Fort Wayne. Allen County, huge, massive Republican stronghold. Harris Poll came out uh, over the weekend. Thousand likely voters sampled. Here, you want you, you want you want my proof? You want my proof there, producer Ari? You want proof that I know all things? That I know that these people are all criminally insane? The Fox News poll of last week was 722 likely voters, margin of error 3.5. It had Donnelly plus seven, uh, 45-38 over the Republican challenger Mike Braun. And what did I say? I said that's nonsense. Don't buy into that at all. That is an outlier. Forget about it. The Harris poll, 1,000 likely voters, Donnelly 43, Braun 43. Guys, drink bourbon and enjoy the day tomorrow. And if you know what you're talking about, vote. Absolutely. Tie. Yet the president's coming. The president is not coming to Indiana because he thinks that it's just a nice thing to do. He's coming because he may very well want to be around the victories. He may want to show that it was him who was the guy who made the difference. And where else is the president going to? He's going to Missouri. He is going to Missouri. Josh Hawley, Claire McCaskill. The last two polls. This one, Trafalgar Group. From October 29th to November 4th, 1,791 likely voters, margin of error 2.3. Hawley, the Republican, 48. McCaskill, the Democrat, 44. There's another poll, smaller group size, has Hawley plus three. So now Hawley, the Republican, is ahead in this race. And you know what I hear on the street about Hawley? He ain't running a race worth a damn. This is not a guy running like it matters to him. Some guys are too cool for the room. Don't get me wrong. I don't know Josh Hawley personally or, you know, in, in in that way. But some guys think that, you know, you just you just ease into it. You just show like it's not a big deal. You know, you just, no, no, no. You campaign. You go knocking every door. If he's not knocking 100, 200 doors himself personally every day, he's unserious. Just just for the record. He may end up being a good senator, certainly better than McCaskill, uh, but but unserious if, he, if he's not out there doing the aggressive things. Now, not every day do you not because you're doing other things. I get that. Don't get me wrong. The numbers are all strange, guys. And the numbers are not telling a story that makes sense, that has any continuity. And that could have to do with the same thing that has to do with the voters. Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody takes it in a very personal way. And no one's voting in these monolithic blocks anymore. I'm Tony Katz. 
right now I don't think that we could work this out Out on the terrace I don't know if it's fair but I thought how could I let you fall by yourself State corruption is everywhere. Your your state is not a- alone. But what's going on right now in Oregon is kind of insane, surreal. Let me bring in Adam Angievsky of Forbes, Forbes.com. Uh, the piece, Oregon Governor Kate Brown reaped $2.6 million in campaign cash from 557 state vendors who pocketed $4.4 billion. And Adam, um, what do we know about whether or not these contracts were given purposefully and ex- and and with the express understanding that these people would then kick back to her campaign? Look, the entire pattern is troubling. Um, anytime, I think every single instance, of the 557 state contractors that kicked back millions of dollars of campaign cash to the most powerful politician in the state, every single instance is a potential conflict of interest and a potential ethics violation. But uh, but the, the, the first part of it is you would have to have some kind of knowledge base, right? You would have to know that, that these contractors got these deals because of some kind of quid pro quo. Or is it is it more duplicitous than even that? Well, you're exactly right, and I, I really appreciate you asking the hard questions. So, um, you know, I'm a journalist. Um, these findings are published at Forbes. The pieces are actually premised on the data from our organization at OpenTheBooks.com. So at OpenTheBooks, we mashed up the governor, Kate Brown, the governor of Oregon, her campaign donation disclosures off the Secretary of State's website with the Oregon State checkbook. And we looked at this on a universe of campaign cash and vendor payments all the way back to the year 2012. Um, So it's hard data. We don't have subpoena power. So to go any further to show um, that there was collusion or that each of these transactions was not at arm's length, the best we can say is that the pattern is troubling. So let's get into that uh, pattern. Talking right now uh, to uh, Adam Angievsky, uh, which is does not sound like it spelled, people. Uh, CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com, writing uh, at Forbes. Here's what some of the things that you go through here. There's a, a law firm, Markowitz Herbold, that got $21.6 million in state payments since 2012, which is the most outsourced legal work of any firm. In that time period, they donated um, $16,395 to the governor's uh, campaign. There's another firm, Oric Harrington and Sutcliffe, or their affiliates gave $26,437 in campaign donations, and they collected $1.7 million in state billings. Now, this isn't going to be the first time. I think a lot of people are going to say, Adam— uh, yeah, this is this is what they do. They've got the deals. They make their donation, and that's part of the graft that we ho- all hate. What do you think the difference here is with what's happening in Oregon uh, versus maybe what's happening uh, in my beloved Indiana or another state in the Midwest? So I think we should look at Indiana. Um, here's what's happening in Illinois. Uh, you recognize the name Governor Rod Blagojevich. He's uh, now in the federal penitentiary. The only man who has uh, better hair than him is me. True story. True story. <laughs> So after Blagojevich, 
uh, Illinois actually passed a law in 2007. If you're a state contractor with over $50,000 in state business, you are prohibited from giving to statewide candidates in Illinois. So in in 11 states, really they have laws prohibiting these pay-to-play circumstances. Um, now, in the city of Chicago, the city of Chicago doesn't have this law. So the last time Rahm Emanuel ran for re-election in 2015, and by the way, he had run on a promise to end corruption in City Hall and end the p- practice of pay-to-play. He even did an executive order that if you have a city contract, you were prohibited from giving his uh, campaign funds donations. But then four years later, we looked at it, and 600 city vendors gave Rahm Emanuel $7 million of campaign donations, and those vendors had reaped $2.7 billion in city payments. So uh, so the executive order was a sieve. Oregon is one of the 39 states that has no prohibition. It is literally the Wild West, and the governor, Kate Brown, is blazing the Oregon trail of political patronage. Let me go over some uh, more numbers here uh, that that you've got. Uh, talking to Adam uh, Angievsky, a CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com uh, and uh, contributor over there at Forbes. Microsoft Corporation, they got $21.4 million in state payments since 2012. They've donated $11,250 to the governor's campaign fund. Now, if I were to ask you, have they donated to any other candidates, Republican candidates, would you be able to know that number as well? Well, I'm sure Microsoft is big donors across the entire uh, local, state, and federal campaign system. But here's what's troubling. When large corporations like Microsoft or like Deloitte uh, uh, Services or like the two public utilities in Oregon, uh, when they give tens of thousands, and of dollars of campaign cash, they are they are with these lucrative locked-in state contracts. They're also helping lock in the political um, elite, the political establishment, and business as usual in the state. We take issue with that. Listen, uh, I, I think the story is is flat out uh, fascinating because I, I think that when you when you start taking a look, people are like, okay, that's Oregon. What's happening in my state? You said that there are some of these states that. Uh, that have these rules like Illinois. I didn't know that about Illinois. Uh, what other states have that kind of rule that say if you have a certain amount of dealings with the state government, you're not allowed to make donations? So I don't have the list of states in front of me, but here's what I do have. This is actually outlawed at the federal level since 1940. So individuals and entities negotiating or working under federal contracts The key people, the companies themselves, they've been prohibited from giving political cash to candidates, parties, or or committees. So this has been outlawed at the federal level. Different Republican candidates and primaries for president have tested the law, and the courts have always ruled that the 1940 law is constitutional. You can have a prohibition on political speech, which is what a donation is, as long as it's narrowly defined to these contractors. That right there, Adam Angievsky, CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com and uh, over there, the article at Forbes. I appreciate it. This is the kind of stuff that sends people screaming for the hills. This is the stuff. I mean, Adam's talking. I'm just I'm just staring. I'm staring at the article. I'm looking at the numbers and saying to myself, man, this is this is the kind of stuff. One of the numbers we didn't go over, Planned Parenthood. 
Uh, they got $10.1 million from the state since 2012, gave $42,000 directly or through affiliated entities to the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown. What's happening in your state? What's happening in your state? How are they working uh, these numbers? How is this stuff all happening and all going down? This is the stuff that people can't stand. They absolutely, positively cannot, cannot stand it. They're infuriated uh, by the idea, by the amount of, of duplicitousness that takes place and that people are like, oh, yeah, well, that's just how the game is played. Oh, hell, that's how the game is played. That's how you play the game. Here's how the taxpayer plays the game. We now set up laws where that say that elected officials don't get paid anything. I This is true. I've said this before. If you had a law that elected officials on every Wednesday had to stand outside their offices and the people could line up and slap them in the face with a fish, people would do anything to get elected. That's how much they love it. Some people love it because they actually want to do good. They actually want to help. They actually want to be of service. Not every politician is a disgusting, awful, despicable person. You got to have a certain level of ego to be a politico, to run for office. Of course you do. Right? But there's also a purpose to what they do, and, and some are fine people. We know this. You can't just lump them all together. But some just want the power. Some just want the prestige. Some just want the fine parking spot. Hit him with a fish. These people would still run for office. <laughs> it's not even a question. It's not even a question. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY is the number, 833-468-8669. This is why people are so absolutely schizophrenic uh, on this election. The voter turnout is there. Uh, The early voting is absolutely through the roof. The amount of people who have been turning out the lines, the people, the anecdotal stories waited online for two hours, an hour, four hours. There were 400 people there. There were 1,000 people there. Uh, New York Times even reporting 22 states outpacing 2014. I think in some places in Indiana, they've outpaced 2016 in terms of the early voting. Maybe not overall voting, but in terms of the early, early voting. Right? So people are paying attention. And then there's this. This is Drudge right now. This is the Drudge Report. Right now, you know, they, they, they've got the, uh, the, the headline, of course. And he's got it as America divided, the verdict. Trump focuses on the Senate. Brace for surprises. Pollster's clueless. <laughs> yup. The, the pollster's clueless. Come on, we called it first. We started talking about this last week, that none of the numbers made any sense whatsoever. Here is the best one. He's got a piece from the Daily Beast up entitled Democrats ponder the unthinkable what if they lose polls suggest the democrats shouldn't lose in the house but after 2016 
everyone is paranoid. Okay, all right, that, that's, 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 that's one thing that they got, right? That's one story. That's a Daily Beast story. Democrats ponder the unthinkable. What if they lose? Then there is a story from Politico that reads, Trump has hijacked the election, House Republicans in panic mode. Worries deepen that Trump's charged immigration rhetoric will cost the GOP more seats. Oh, bloody hell, people. Just pick one. That's all we ask. Stop it. You're trying now to get people crazy. Honestly, can we show up tomorrow with just a giant bottle of bourbon? Is that allowed? Like, what are the rules? No, not to the polling place. I'm talking about here. Tomorrow, Ari. I'm just saying. Because my my day is not about tomorrow. My day is about Wednesday, right? When when it comes time to break all this down and explain what the hell just happened. That's, that's when my work begins. But I think everyone's going to need a drink for tomorrow. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. As clear as day, I, no one knows what they're saying. No one knows what they're remotely, closely talking about. Overheard. On Tony Katz today. Hey, it's Ryan Baker. Hope you had the most fabulous weekend ever. It's Overheard, the get out the vote, don't screw up the country edition. And we focus today on America's favorite socialist. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I really don't. No, no, not you, Burns. Call me a social. Like, I don't oh. give a damn. <laughs> no, not you either, babe. You know the voice. You know the speech pattern. You know the legacy of destructive socialism that's slowly being eviscerated by the current president of the United States, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump's current president of the United States, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Hang on a sec. I'm trying to make liberal hits explode. Trump, Donald Trump, Trumpy, Trump, TV boy, Trump ties, Trump stakes, Trump university, Trump, say it! All right, back to the man who single-handedly did more to destroy, eviscerate, and annihilate capitalism, entrepreneurship, American exceptionalism, incentive to work for a living, personal responsibility, and just about every other aspect of American society that made the country great. Barack Hussein Obama. Obama's gonna change it. Obama's gonna leave. Still creepy. Still creepy. Barack Big H Obama was in the unemployment capital of the world, Gary, Indiana, last week to take credit for everything President Donald Trump has done since getting into office. Well, just the good stuff, but not any of the messes that Barack Big H Obama left behind. You know, you, you gotta pick and choose when indoctrinating the ignorant masses, a.k.a. liberal Democrats. Here's what the OG socialist had to say. Big, biggest challenge to workers in countries like mine. Where? In countries like mine. Whose country is it? Mine. Say again? Mine. Your country? Mine. So like, this land is your land, this land is mine. But you mean everyone's country together, right? Mine. You alone? Mine. Just yours? Mine. So the rest of us can't even have just a little tiny sliver, just a little? Mine. And when it comes to the current employment numbers, Big H wants you to know something very important, kids. We got the economy growing again. So when you say we, you mean the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve alone? Covered another 20 million folks with health care. While tripling premiums for most of you and forcing you into catastrophic health care plans. Cut the deficits by more than half. While doubling the national debt. When you hear these Republicans bragging about, look how good the economy is. Where you think that started? Yeah, when did that start, actually? When do you think the economy done got good and all those jobs were added? Shovel-ready was not as uh, shovel-ready as we expected. So, like, after that, then? <laughs> Meanwhile, Democrats are working their precious little fingers to the bone with a last-minute get-out-the-vote campaign. Bring out your date! 
bring out today. Naturally, I wanted to do my part as well, so I've put together my own little motivational voter PSA. Hi, friend. Do you gleefully ingest at least two hours of political news and commentary on a daily basis? Have you read a newspaper in the last 10 to 20 years? Do you thrive on intelligent and rational conversations related to domestic and international affairs? Have you ever taken a civics class? Can you name the current mayor of your city? What about your senators? Maybe just one congressman who represents you in D.C. Can you read? Do you have a high school diploma? Can you identify which is correct between should have and should of? Have you moved out of your parents' house? If you answered no to any of the previous questions, don't vote! Do not vote under any circumstance. Not for any reason. You are ignorant and uninformed and a danger to yourself and to others. Stay home on election day. Play video games and let the grown-ups handle the important stuff. Do not vote. Not under any circumstance. This message paid for by people who are sick of ignorant, uninformed, dumbass voters who are turning the republic into a shithole. I'm Brian Baker. Bring out your date. Have a splendid day. Ah, uh, producer Brian Baker. Thank you. I always appreciate some Monty Python. Tony Katz, 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Uh, there is now footage out of how close the USS Decatur came to this Chinese destroyer called Luo Yang. I believe it's pronounced Luo Yang, L-U-O-Y-A-N-G. It's a Chinese uh, destroyer. This goes back to the end of September where the Chinese destroyer came within 45 yards of a U.S. destroyer. Uh, that is far too close for comfort on any level, anywhere, and we now learn that the Chinese warship actually tried to threaten the U.S. Uh, Decatur, saying you're on a dangerous course. If you don't change your course, you will suffer consequences. The Decatur responded, we are conducting innocent passage. Now, as uh, uh, officials from the U.S. described it, they say the Chinese ship was trying to push them out of the way. U.S. Pacific Fleet uh, spokesman Lieutenant Commander Tim Gorman said that the destroyer, meaning the Chinese destroyer, conducted an unsafe and unprofessional maneuver. The, it is imperative that the United States, in these cases, hold firm and hold their ground. It is absolutely imperative that the Chinese know they can't move an American uh, ship an inch. The seas will literally stop their currents if the United States decides so. That has to be the message as clear as day. No, China, you are not in charge of the seas, no matter how desperately you want to be. And what you saw from the Iranians boarding a U.S. ship under the days of Barack Obama, that's not how we actually do things. That was a blip. Those days are over. We're not bringing those back. So it's important and imperative uh, to to stand very, very firm and very, very tall in the face of this level of Chinese aggression. And it is, it with it's not even a debate, it is aggression. It is flat-out aggression from the Chinese who are desperate to have control of their waters. That's why they're building the islands and everything else that they're doing. They're building islands so they can make more claims to the seas. The the video is is startling if you get a chance to see it. Uh, absolutely take a look at it. 
Pete Davidson, Alec Baldwin, Saturday Night Live. You know these people hate you, right? And they take you for granted. And they're scumbags. I mean, it's 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 a threefer. That's all coming up. I'm Tony Katz. So there's this ad out by President Trump that networks are refusing to carry. People calling it the most racist campaign uh, that America has ever seen it, uh, about uh, immigration. Oh, I shouldn't say immigration, about illegal immigration. Because it's never just about immigration. And it's it's not being uh, run. Right? Uh, and so David Limbaugh, uh, good man, by the way. I should get him back on the show. David's good people. Uh, he goes, says, in my honest opinion on Twitter, Max Boot and others like him are doing more to damage race relations by their false claims of Trump's racism than Trump could ever do. Because Max Boot says Trump is running the most racist campaign that America has seen in decades. And Scott Monty on Twitter, Scott Monty is, is, is a guy with a brain. Um, very, very good marketer. Says, so why is every major network... Uh, refused to carry uh, the ad. So I just started responding to him as as we came back. Um, uh, that, you know, that's an unserious question. It's an unserious question. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure, you know, I'm a talker. I'm not a writer. So how would I say in words what I'm, I'm going to say here, which is people want to hate Trump, media desires to hate Trump, so they'll buy into any trope that's anti-Trump because it's easier than discussing what it is Trump actually believes. And those are the facts as presented. There's nothing at all racist or bigoted in any way, shape, or form with noticing that there are people who have come into the country illegally and committed murders. There's nothing wrong with that. That is a far cry from... Everybody who comes into the country illegally is a murderer, which is not being said by anybody rational. Right? There's nothing wrong with making that statement. Those statements are true. They are absolutely positively true. That there are people who come into the country who are bad actors, and you, that's why you should know who comes into the country and shouldn't just be okay with illegal immigration. Of course you shouldn't be. Why has every major network refused to carry the ad? Because of collusion, of course, which is why we should break up ABC, NBC, and CBS. Hold on, I'm waiting to see how many emails I get. I'm waiting to see how many people go crazy. They're all not running the ad, not because they have any great morality. It's because they have anything but. One of the talking points that goes on out there is, oh my goodness, um, there's, a, there's a lot of discord. I wonder what Republicans will do about this. What the hell is CNN going to do about it? The discord comes solely from Republicans? No one's buying into that. They want you to buy into that. They want you to buy that it's the fault of the conservative or or the fan of the of the Trump idolater. And this is not true. Discord hasn't been sown and grown by Don Lemon, by a CNN staff, by MSNBC, by the New York Times. How about all the lies about Brett Kavanaugh that we discussed earlier? People lied about being raped and these networks didn't even bother to do any simple level of investigation. They just said, believe all women and ran with it. It's Trump that's all about the discord? Who are you talking to?
Anyway, that's why the networks are refusing to carry the ad, Scott. Did NBC air it last night? But they're now they're not, they're not airing it now. So now they've stopped airing it. They ran it last night, but now now they're no longer uh, airing it. You see, they've learned the error of their ways over there at NBC. Um, if they really learned the error of their ways, we'd be saying goodbye to Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson is the guy on Saturday Night Live. He was engaged to Ariana Grande, and they they broke up. To which here's here's what I think happened. Ariana Grande woke up early one day. Uh, looked to her left and realized that this yutz was in her bed, and she said, whoa, 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 I had sex with this? I'm Ariana Grande. I can have sex with anybody. I mean, I'm really hot. And what is this? What is this, like, like F-boy in my bed? I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go, and then I gotta take a shower. And she left. And rightfully so, Ariana Grande, good for you. Good for you. It, I mean, it happens, right? Sometimes you get a little silly in the, in the fablungeting cup, as they say in the Yiddish. So so the first part of this story is just crazy, is that they had this breakup, and it's a big celebrity kind of kind of thing, and that she was worried that, that Pete Davidson was going to go on Saturday Night Live and trash her. And so she releases a single... She releases one of her songs 30 minutes before Saturday Night Live so she can, like, frame the story. And it's about him, and it's about some other guys she dated, and one of them is dead. Mac Miller was a rapper. I mean, it's some, some crazy stuff. Uh, and so that gets released. And the whole conversation I had was, you guys broke up. Why do I need to know about it? Why is this a story you're somehow thinking you should share with me? Maybe I don't want to know anything about it. Maybe you shouldn't want me to know anything about it. Stop. And we thought that's where it was going to end. But then Pete Davidson decides that he's uh, a, a comic. And he's on uh, the, the weekend uh, the update with Michael Che, he, who's the guy who's uh, talking to him. And uh, Pete Davidson is he's making fun of the way political candidates look. Uh, three Republicans or four Republicans and, and one Democrat. He made fun of Andrew Cuomo by, by the way, making an anti-gay joke that no one's really talking about here. Um, but this is what he said about uh, Dan Crenshaw, who's running for Congress uh, in Texas. Dan Crenshaw uh, served in Afghanistan, lost his eye, lost his right eye in Afghanistan. This guy's kind of cool, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Uh, oh, come on, man. Yo, hold on. Uh, you may be surprised to hear he's a congressional candidate from Texas and not a hitman in a porno movie. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I know he lost his eye in, in war or whatever. <laughs> whatever. That's right. hilarious. That Mike. Never mind that. 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 Pete Davidson is 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 a tool. Uh, Michael Che is just laughing like it's the funniest thing ever. M- Michael Che is the Ben Sass of 2018. That's all he is. That's all he is. Pete Davidson is what's considered top-notch comedy at Saturday Night Live. You know that guy's not going to get fired. He's still going to have a job for being this much of a bastard. It's absolute fact. But, but Saturday Night Live, they're also going to keep... Uh, Alec Baldwin, you know he'll be back playing Trump. Alec Baldwin, someone parked in his parking spot. Alec Baldwin chased him down and punched him. He isn't going to do any jail time whatsoever. ABC still has his talk show going. It is gross. 
What is happening out there? They can punch people. You can insult a guy who lost his eye. By the way, every now and then, Dan Crenshaw will take off the eye patch. You know what he's got? He's got a glass eye. And in the glass eye, it's black. And the and inside the glass eye, I believe, is the Marine insignia. It's, yeah, I think that's what it, it's crazy. I mean, that's like, yeah, I can handle this. And he put out a statement, I'm not here to get insulted by, I don't get insulted by by, by comics. You know, just shouldn't make fun of people who get injured in, in, in war. He's right. I think he'll be a congressman. I certainly hope. It's just too bad that Pete Davidson still going to have a job. Luckily, Ariana Grande doesn't have to do that anymore. Grande. Tomorrow, everyone.